Ivan Rana is a true dreamer. But he doesn't just dream, he really hustles to get things done. I met him when I was a producer and editor at ZTV, the Indian television network that's on satellite in the US uh, and around the world. I was the first non-Asian hired at the North American headquarters, which happened to be in Arlington, Texas. Ivan was also a producer and editor, but he was actually from India. We worked very closely together. We were essentially like a two-man team for about two years. We have both come a long way since then, and as you'll hear, Ivan has had a lot of success with his creative endeavors, but there are still things he wants to do, and he's still out there hustling. I'm Dave Austin, and who are these people? Say something. Oh, do you have the... Can you hear me? Yeah, and I'm rolling. Did you make sure that... Oh, okay. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. A lot exactly. of sci-fi ideas are becoming real now. Yeah, it's like Barbarella's tongue box. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow. It is therapeutic. The last generation to be raised without the internet. Yeah. The first generation to jump into the internet. What, what does it mean? Like, did it really even happen? Hello. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. All right. Hi, Ivan. Hey. Good morning to you. Good morning. What's up? What's up with you today? Uh, nothing really exciting. Uh, soccer, as usual. My favorite sport oh, to soccer. begin with. I thought you said that was yeah. a shocker that, uh, that you were not doing anything exciting. But no, yes, football. Uh, Yes, uh, not doing something exciting is a shock or two by itself, but uh, uh, that shock I've been bearing for a while now, so I'm getting used to it. <laughs> Let's talk about ZTV a little bit, because that's. Well, let's thing. not talk about it. Yeah, I want to. I want. I want to hear. I want to remember it all. Right. Um, yeah, okay, for okay. you, I'll do it. For me, okay. <laughs> well, when did you, when did Z send you to the U.S.? Um, eighty nine. Oh, wait, no, sorry, 98. I always mix the 89 and 98. 98. 98. And before that, you were already working for Z in uh, Delhi? Yes, I was working. I was, no, no, no. I was Mumbai. working with Z in Bombay. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to know it as Bombay then, so I'm going to stick to Bombay. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I used to work as a production assistant, and then I used to handle some international channels. And I think when they start, uh, they wanted to start an operation back down in the U.S., Mm -hmm. So they sent a few people, and I think I was one among the few. And, so you were in the first uh, so wave. Were you in the first um, wave of yes. people they sent? Yeah, it, it, yeah. They, I think they might have selected like five or six people to go. Mm -hmm. So I was in the first wave, uh, although I might be the second last or the last person in the first wave. So yeah, I went within a few months of them um, not starting. They didn't start operation. They they went there to like. Uh, check it out mm -hmm. and then they were trying to get all the logistics done and that's why the the business people went first then the technical people went in and then i went in with the technical team mm -hmm. so yeah within about a few months uh, we were there and we spent about a year trying to put it together and i think then we launched about a year later or something like that i'm just trying to remember exactly when right so you was the first place they sent you cheyenne wyoming yes absolutely now what did you think coming from bombay to Cheyenne, well, Wyoming. 
What did you think? So here's here's the fun part. So they sent me uh, without uh, too much information. They just said, okay, you got to go there, and we are starting operations, and uh, you have to go to Cheyenne, Wyoming. I had no idea where that was. Uh, didn't matter. Um, so anyway, I land up in uh, Colorado, Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, I probably landed there around six in the evening, approximately, mm-hmm. and there was no way to get from there to Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only the only way you could do that was like a shuttle bus or whatever, which was the next one was like the next morning at 9.30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, cell phones were not that big at the time. Uh, and I didn't have one anyway since I was just flying in from India. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much uh, hung out at the airport all night until next morning at 9.15 a.m. And then I uh, <laughs> I got into a shuttle. Uh-huh. And uh, very interestingly, uh, the guy who was driving me was very interesting. He was chewing tobacco, which I thought was interesting to me because that's what people do in India all the time, you know, and I didn't know that they did it here. Mm-hmm. And he spat out from the car as he drove <laughs> along at least 20 times, which again was very interesting. I was like, oh, well, you can do that here too. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and you were by yourself? They sent you by yourself? Yes, absolutely by myself. And even in the big van, because I was the only passenger going all the way to Cheyenne. Was that your first trip to the U.S. also? Yes. Wow. Okay. What an introduction. And then you get there yes. and you get to the satellite uplink center, right, in Cheyenne. And then mm-hmm. again, are you like there all by yourself or was there anybody to welcome you? Um, surprisingly, when I landed, I was there all by myself uh, for the next few days, I think. And then... Uh, my uh, uh, teammate Supriya who actually was the one to send me to the US Mm -hmm. she came by and then uh, I think for the next two or three months I was well then she left again within a week or something like that Mm -hmm. and then I was there by myself for another three months and then uh, another team member from Hong Kong came through Uh and that was Bishwa that was Bishwa, and then uh, and then he was there for a little while, and and then everybody scooted back to Texas because I think the Indians don't like being in the cold place. Yeah. So so they left uh, the young. I was young then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young agile guy to hang around and shiver down his bones. Yeah. And uh, well, what did you think being in Cheyenne, stranded there? I so. so Oh, some some good things and very few bad things. The good thing was I was the only Indian, uh-huh. which uh, is a good thing because you know uh, you stand out. Yeah. And uh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, people thought I was an American Indian, not the regular Indian, <laughs> okay. because I was this tall, lanky guy with the long hair up to my shoulder. Yeah. And um, so they every time, oh, this is very funny. I don't know if I can see this on radio, whatever, wherever you're putting this, but that's fine. So uh, every time I went to a stroll, people like my long hair or whatever that is. And they said, are you uh, Indian? And I would be like, yeah. And then I would then understand what they were trying to say. So I would be like, uh, you know, what what kind, right? They would be like, yeah, the feather kind. <laughs> and I would be like, no, I'm the dot kind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that was my Indian differentiation there, right. the dot kind or the feather kind mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and it then, good, but it was good okay and uh, then when you came to Texas for the first time was was that mm-hmm. the time that I met you was that your first trip to Texas when I met you um, probably not maybe um, like your second or I, third I, trip I, 
Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, periodically uh, they kept wanting to move to Texas, like uh, totally. Mm-hmm. But uh, since I was more on the technical side, um, I would have to keep going back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I came a few times, like in and out, and uh, I think um, I met you maybe on my third trip. But those trips might have been just about maybe a week or two or fifteen days, or maybe maximum month, if any, at that right. time. Well, I remember when I met you, um, and if you said that you didn't go to like 98, then like I got hired there in 99, so it hadn't been that long. I mean, I, things were still pretty new when they hired me, um, and I was the first non-Asian that they hired. Um, and then it was funny because for a long time when I was there, they kept saying like, oh, what, wait till Ivan gets here. Oh, wait till Ivan gets here. And so they kind of like built this up like, oh, wait till Ivan gets here. And then when you walked in, it was like, ah, oh, there's Ivan. I see now. And he's not Russian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but what, uh, those were crazy times, crazy times for me. I don't know how you felt about it. That was quite an experience in my life. Kind of I, what I feel like is that I'd been living in Texas and then I got this job where I went to Arlington and I opened this door and I stepped through the door and all of a sudden I was actually in a little piece of India that had somehow been transplanted into Arlington, Texas. And it was kind of like its own little world in a way. And then for the next three years, that was kind of my life, this hybrid Indian-American existence <laughs> that was a bit surreal. And did you like all the food that you kept getting from time to time? Oh, the food was amazing. Um, and that was another interesting thing. I mean, the, everything about working at ZTV was completely different to how I had experienced any kind of work life up to that point, um, including the fact that every Friday they would cater lunch for the whole office. Um, and play ping pong on the table after. Yeah, and play ping pong on the table after the, <laughs> after the lunch was finished. But um, yeah, and then, of course, the food was delicious and it was like a big party um but they didn't keep that up too long um after things settled down they stopped that benefit if you noticed that yeah well i wasn't much of a eater anyway so um it didn't bother me but 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 then then they moved on to uh weekend parties because every weekend somebody would go to somebody else's house right and that was the small world it didn't uh, exist out of there i think i was the only one who maybe i branched out because then I had you, then eventually we had Trey, right? And then uh, we had we had done business with Jeff uh, on right. radio, and then I would hang out with him. So yeah, I think I was the pariah in in the whole sense for them. Yeah, you were definitely the the most integrated with the outside world. Well, I mean, except for like Uday, who had already been living there and stuff. But oh, um, yeah. uh, of the people who came over from India, yeah, you kind of were the one that ventured out the most. Do you remember? Do you remember the uh, the the fun fights we used to have, like uh, kicking and punching in the other office that we got by the side? Oh yeah. Well, let's talk about. <laughs> right, let's talk about just how odd that whole place, all the crazy things that happened there. So, um, just in case anyone doesn't know, so ZTV is an Indian satellite channel, and in America it's on Dish Network, and it's for its main its main customers are like non-resident Indians and like maybe first or second generation Indians in oh, living in America. Pakistanis, maybe and, Bangladeshis because yeah. they also understand the language. True. So. And, um, and there's actually, there's more than one channel on Dish Network owned by Z Network. Um, but I think in, it's about uh, 18 now. Wow. 
Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we so so yeah. When going back, then we started with Z TV, and then we started with Z Cinema at the time. Yeah. No, it's not called. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, something like that. Z, Z Gold. Gold. That's what we call it. <laughs> Z Gold. That became Z Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it became Z Cinema. So there were two, and then they added uh, through the years, and they also had an American channel called uh, Viria, which is now Z Living. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, and um, well, let me. I'll just kind of tell the story of from my perspective how I got there. Mm-hmm. So, also another person you met was Joe. Remember Joey? Yeah, Joey Easton. Yeah, yes, Joe Easton. I met him. Yeah, I met him two years ago. Oh, did you? Where'd you see him? Yeah, in Texas. Oh uh, no, Fort so Worth? yeah, we we went to we went to Texas, uh, mm-hmm. and then um, I I met him. I met uh, our uh, Eric, who was to be called Trey at the time. So right. I met them. Uh, yeah, so I met him. Yes. So Joe calls me, and says, "Hey Dave, do you remember how to use a tape to tape editing system?" <laughs> and I was like, well, I used one in college. Um, I think I know the basics. And he was like, because I don't know how to use one. I've never used one. But there's these people here in Arlington, and that's all they've got. Maybe you should come talk to them. And so I was like, okay. Um, so he like made the connections. And like the next morning, I drove to Arlington and walked in the door like of this two-story freestanding building office building but kind of looks like a big house it's kind of the kind of office building where you would like the other tenants are like real estate <laughs> agents and things like that nothing like a broadcast you know uh company yeah. or anything like that it's not like a, it wasn't like a uh, class a office building or anything so i open up this side door and then i walk in and there's like no reception no anything there's just um this woman sitting there at a desk watching a soap opera an indian soap opera and like not even noticing me practically and i was kind of like um am i in the right place (laughs) and uh i after staying there for a while i she kind of like noticed my existence and from there i was introduced to supriya and then she brought me upstairs to the um tape to tape uh edit system which right away i could tell was in big trouble (laughs) like it was it was really messed up like i didn't know what was going on but at least i could tell right away that they had the like the audio was like all the way up and like the needles were totally in the red and i was like oh we gotta turn these down a little bit and then supriya was like do you know how to use this and i was like yeah i think so she's like well why don't you why don't you just cut together something i need like a short filler from these tapes and i was like okay and so I was able to remember how to use the thing and I started cutting and after it was done I showed it to her and she would like ask me to do something else and um, one of the next big shocks was she kept talking about stuff and I'm like well I need the tapes where are these tapes you keep talking about and she's like oh come with me and then they go down the hall to this other room and they open it up and these are all like beta SP tapes that we're talking about and she opens the door. This is like, this is the tape library. She opens it, and the tapes are in a huge heap, a pile in the <laughs> middle of the floor. And this pile's like four feet tall in the in the center. And it's just like a random, I mean, it really looks like a dump truck just somehow was able to just dump a huge, like about 450, 450 500 tapes in this room. So it's like, there it is. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting at least a at least a bookshelf or something. Um, 
And so I don't know why I didn't see that as a red flag. But anyhow, I kept going. I dug around. I found the tapes. And um, before I kn- knew it, it had been a week. And no one had told me to go home. No one had said anything about anything. And I, I was like, hey, you know, I've been here coming in pretty much nine to five for a week. Like, are you going <laughs> to hire me or something? You know, is there is there, oh, a, oh, is there a job? Yeah, are you going to pay me? Is there a, is there a job opening? What is it? And then uh, she's like, uh, okay, come here. And then she came and she like put me in the room with Deeraj, who was the CEO mm-hmm. at the time. And then I sat down and basically negotiated a salary. And then he hired me <laughs> full time. And that was my first full time job ever that I'd been hired like on a salary. And uh, <laughs> then I was a ZTV employee. And, did you get uh, benefits? Yeah, you know the same oh, benefits okay. that that they all did. Um, no, you didn't know. No, no, you don't know what benefits the other ones get. They never tell. Okay, well. But anyway, that, you know, that's the, what I you got. The, okay, fair I got the standard <laughs> health insurance. Did you, get, did you get a BMW? No, no, no. Oh, okay, I, I meant health insurance. I got health insurance. I had leave <laughs> days and I had a salary, which at that point all was right. the the most I'd ever had. And uh, yeah, then worked there until, um, and there were so many funny things that happened there. Most of the business guys, the administrative guys wouldn't actually do any work until they wouldn't start doing anything till about 4:30 or 5 in the afternoon. The rest of the the from the morning till that point they would just play solitaire at their desk. Yes. <laughs> and then they would start working like like hell like in the afternoon until they could finally say that they did something and then they would uh play table tennis and smoke Marlboro lights. <laughs> and then eventually we had that other office on the other side of those tracks which there was some crazy stuff went down over there like you're talking about punch why did we punch the walls i can't remember <laughs> why why did we or why didn't we <laughs> why did we what what kind of punching and fighting were you talking about no we were just uh, we just trying to exercise our bones we oh, just yes. kept like like karate and all that stuff yeah, oh, yeah. pretty much <laughs> and then and then of course i remember uh my first driving lesson was in your car was <laughs> it used to make this yeah because yeah, uh, I had to get my driver's license, so then I would take your truck and I would drive around in the parking oh, lot over yeah, there. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know what? I think I have a little bit of like high eight video of you driving my truck. I forgot that that was like your <laughs> driving lesson. And, and and I also remember the first time you went on the highway and you were sitting next to me, and then before I got on, you did the sign of the cross because <laughs> I was going to go into some truck. But the good thing was you're a good sport. You just sat, you know, through all my uh, crazy driving mistakes. Well, I guess I had my seatbelt on and I blessed myself, so that was that was enough. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for helping with my driving lessons. I finally got my driver's license. Oh, well, cheers. I'm glad I was able to help something. But no, no, there were a lot of things we helped each other with. That was pretty good. Like even when Trey came in, it got a little exciting because then we had three people other than us just watching each other. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It was it was kind of fun there for a while. Kept adding people. There was a lot of stuff going on. But, remember, we had to fight for water. Oh, that was my next. I was like, going to actually remember. I was going. <laughs> do you remember that we were at that office and there was no running water and there was no water cooler and we had to keep calling Colonel Bindra? And what do you remember about that? Oh, well, we used to go across the track to go drink water because there was a track between this office and that office. Mm-hmm. So we would go walk across, drink water, uh, say hi to everyone <laughs> and come back. <laughs> and then, of course, the bathroom was shabby because every time you flush, you would come up. So then we would go to the bathroom on the other side. Right. <laughs> and I, Yeah, and I do remember, like, I remember one time just calling 
because we had been like working long hours trying to fix some problem or something and we'd been asking for water forever and i remember we were like so tired and just so exhausted and i remember calling and just being like please can i can we please just get some water we're we're thirsty <laughs> they find- i think i think there was a time or two bindra came with a bottle filled with water is the yeah and do you remember also we didn't have any they wouldn't give us any furniture at, for a long time yes and so we yes. we taped together all the fedex boxes to make a desk <laughs> I, I think the best was uh once we got the second office and then we had to transfer all the tapes from the old office so we put them in the back of your truck and i think we lost a few on the way we did i i distinctly remember that them falling off in the middle <laughs> of the street and we drove and it was just like eh. <laughs> it is hilarious i mean we we did what we could uh, within the within the no budget that we had mm-hmm. i mean better than film school you know no budget yeah no budget <laughs> nobody either way it is it is it is they all good experiences you know because exactly. that what that that what takes you to the next level Mm-hmm. When you face face these kind of challenges, it just shows you what you do next or how you avoid something like that. So it's good. I mean, it is it is it is a school of learning, you know. Even to till today, um, there are a lot more benefits now. There is a lot uh, better stuff going on now. There are more people, uh, technically speaking. But uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's overall it's good. It it just gets you to the next level. No, it was great. It was it was fun. It's just um like I said, it was it was completely unique and it was a bit a bit of a mind mind fuck. <laughs> but I well, liked it. Spicy. Yeah, I liked it's spicy. I liked it. Huh? It was very spicy. So <laughs> and speaking of um hardships, well that was a cheesy transition. But um tell me about your growing up. You've told me before, but I want other people to hear it. Oh no, I mean like my life. Yeah. It's it's pretty interesting. I mean, uh uh growing up in Bombay. Um my dad died when I was 7. Then I was transferred to a boarding school, which is good. Um so all my education comes from there. Mm-hmm. And then uh I tried to get into uh I mean like you know everybody says uh the good stuff. So I I I I I moved around a bit. Uh pretty much uh and then it was good i mean then ztv came along i mean there were other jobs that i uh, went through i i worked with the korea industry tnt express mm-hmm. and all that stuff uh, moved to dubai for a while so i mean traveled a bit and then uh, came back to bombay and then i was trying uh, doing some modeling gig and then uh, uh ztv came along which was interesting because even ztv um how it happened was i'd gone for an audition uh as a vj mm-hmm. since they were launching a music channel and i did the audition i made it through the top 3 but as etv as it is they were taking a lot of time so uh after after my final audition uh i walked to the desk and asked the person there uh i figured you know if i get into the company then the chances of you getting the gig was higher because you're right there mm-hmm. so i just walked to the receptionist and said hey uh, is there any vacancy here and i think she was impressed so she put me on mm-hmm. uh, uh to supriya at the time who was handling international and they hired me on the spot wow. so yeah and then um, i used to get very little money but no big deal it actually got me in 
that music channel didn't launch for another couple of years but by then um you know i was already with z they moved a couple of offices and mm-hmm. then uh, and then uh, this the us gig came along mm-hmm. which was interesting by itself because when they uh, when they put my name up for it my general manager did not want me to leave she said no if i even leave he's not going to come back or at least they won't send me back that's what she said so i had to basically threaten her saying that if i don't go then i quit yeah so they said okay you can go for 3 months and then come back within 3 months so i said fine so when they sent me to the us 3 months became 6 6 became 1 year and then they finally didn't send me back right so yeah i mean and you never and then I, like you know yeah you know, well i did but uh, after i quit z so oh, you know when right. i was z Yeah then uh, I always wanted to be a filmmaker so then I went to LA uh, to film school I don't know if you know this but when I came back from film school uh, Dheeraj was nice enough he said oh why don't you join back and do what you're doing I said well what's the point uh, so the whole thing is uh, I always wanted to do production like create programs for Z or any other company here you know right and so that's what I've been always pushing Z to do like do local content mm-hmm. and they didn't want to do it obviously I understand because the business doesn't uh, run on original content here Mm-hmm. they all made in india so again for the audience who don't know uh, all the content is made in india for the indian z and uh, uh, once they've used that in india then it gets reused in all the other countries now they're in many more countries by the way they're not just in uh, I, i'm i'm sure it is more than 50 or 100 countries oh, i don't I'm know sure, i'm yeah. uh, sure exactly yeah so so it's basically reused content uh, the only good thing that has happened now is that it is pretty much simultaneous you know mm-hmm. as compared to then when uh, you would see programs a year or two or three or even four years later right now everything is simultaneous because of the technology right so so i always wanted to be in content and creating and direction and all that stuff so that's mm-hmm. why uh, then i left so when i came back to india and then uh, worked on some projects and then i'm back here so even as we speak like you know i'm trying to create content so we just did a show for tv asia actually it's a cooking show oh yeah uh, yeah we did uh, one season they in fact called us last week and they want us to do season 2 then also with z uh, we did ztv did um, uh, sponsor a couple of uh, uh, local film festivals mm-hmm. uh, across the uh, us so i used to actually go uh, to all these festivals and make shows out of them so mm-hmm. i would make a one hour special and uh, so i did a whole series of uh, film festival shows uh, mm-hmm. again promoting filmmakers and also the festival by itself right. and everything around it so so i've been like trying to do as much local content but uh, fast forward z is actually now getting into local content they oh, have really? actually invested some money yeah huh. they are finally and, 20 uh, years later <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and but uh, and then also they they spent some good uh, money too. The ones that I did when I was with them, I always tried to do it within a small budget so it could continue doing what it did. Mm-hmm. But now they're actually going into uh, like slightly. I, I, I mean, they're not matching the American uh, content because they just can't. It's too much, you know. Yeah. Uh, so and then like i said the the model the business model is not that it, it, it they already have shows they have so many right. shows that they don't have air time sure so they they might as well uh, save money and not spend money but at the same time you need to have local content if you need the new generation audience coming in otherwise right. it will die out yeah exactly so well, so and i've seen you've you've been uh, shooting a short now huh or the the lone syndrome yes 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 so i just 
just finished shooting it. In fact, I'm actively trying to find editors to edit it because now that's a beast by itself. I uh-huh. shot on uh, 4K and RAW. Mm-hmm. So I have like uh, almost over one one TV of footage for a short film. So it's a very high uh, quality material. And uh, my did... laptop has died. Oh, <laughs> because of the raw files? No, it's just that my laptop is old, so yeah. it, it won't even handle it. So I'm, yeah. I have to buy a new machine because I also edit. And I mean, you know that better than anyone mm-hmm. else. But uh, what I'm saying is like... Um, Right now, I, I don't know if I want to spend uh, that kind of money to get the uh, uh, the new machine because right. they haven't updated for a while, so I'm waiting for that. But I remember you did a, a low-budget version of the Lone Syndrome a while ago. Is it the same story, or did you update it? Or oh, what no, is- yeah. So, so the, no, the whole thing was uh, uh, when I wrote that uh, script, it was like 2006 or something, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, 2007 or 8 or 9 in one of those times I was trying to uh, shoot it so I got a whole team organized mm-hmm. this is back home in India I was in India at the time uh-huh. so I got my DP my actors so it's a three it's a three character film mm-hmm. uh, so I got all these team people organized and I couldn't get them together on the same day to shoot it mm-hmm. because I had to shoot it over a period of three to four days and I could not get them together someday this one was free or right. on other days there was another one so I got so upset I actually asked my friend if I could borrow an apartment because she had a spare apartment. She didn't use it, it was just investment. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I shot the entire film by myself with remote control. Right. So, and there was no one in those 10 days that I shot. No one over there. I just shot the entire thing on the remote control with me as an actor. Now, the problem was uh, the three character became just one character. Uh-huh. And uh, the storytelling between... So the three character, one character starts off with with him being dead right and then the other two characters then through the interrogation tells the story of that character of what happened okay so so in that version i had to narrate the story and be the character that died so you couldn't you, you can tell the story it's pretty cool by itself and i shot it all on remote control and i edited it shot everything 100 percent just done by me no one mm-hmm. attached to it no it was definitely then, the lone syndrome for sure it was one person yeah, yeah it was yeah yeah exactly the, just the like just like the name yeah so then but but then once that was done i've been always wanting to shoot it with the three characters uh-huh. and uh finally i was able to put it together so now it's an interesting concept by itself because what i want to do is once this is done I want to try and take it to festivals to uh, as as a study material where you can then look at it and say, hey, if you made a movie by yourself, what it would look like, mm-hmm. and if you made a movie with a team, what it what what it would be. We don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so it it is for the audience to judge uh, how or what mm-hmm. or whatever you know. So what a teamwork can do, what an individual can do, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. So it's a study. Well, um, how did you get? the funds to uh, do the shoot because it looks like you had a pretty big budget you had some nice locations some good looking well, actors um, yeah well you, so you the went thing to was Pennsylvania uh, is it um, no so oh. yeah so no that you're talking about the first one or the now one the now one okay so the now uh, the first one of course there is a Pennsylvania shot in that but that was like cheated anyway <laughs> uh, because I shot it in Bombay and I threw in a little Pennsylvania just the out, outside of the house just yeah. to make it look like it's anyway so that's that that was that mm-hmm. uh, this one uh, I got two producers on board one is actually an XZ uh, employee and uh, one is his uh, is a friend that he knows so they we talked about the project and they thought it was very interesting so they they came through so my budget was almost fourteen and a half thousand oh, dollars nice. but um, 
so and then a, a part of it is uh, also me uh, doing what i did so yeah so we got uh, good actors in this one uh, we went upstate and we shot for 3 days uh, there Mm-hmm. uh in 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 a house that again a uh, long story but uh, someone came through and um, let me shoot in his apartment and uh, that came out good we shot some scenes in new york city on the street mm-hmm. some in apartments in uh, new york so i i mean i tried you know i mean i i still do wish that i had um, like a grip guy you know somebody who would do the lighting and all that stuff which i did myself mm-hmm. so i had, i had a good dp we shot on a sony fs5 uh, cinema camera mm-hmm. um uh, like i said i shot uh, all of it on 4k so i mean i just wish that i had uh, like grip wise like light like uh, mm-hmm. someone with the whole light set and all that stuff i i have my own little gadget so i used what i what i could within that you know i brought i actually bought a, a mini jib Mm-hmm. uh then i i bought a slider to give me yeah. those feel and uh, whatever i needed technical wise so i tried I, i tried to put it together i still do wish that i could have done it better but you know you, you got to do uh, what you can do with uh, whatever little you have and also the time frame i was stuck by time frame because my actor was uh, going to go off and then i had to wait about a month and a half because my dp got a, a project uh, for two months a- across the us mm-hmm. so And That's right now it is, is stuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm hoping. So, so even even in the movie itself, uh, I just shot it like a filmmaker would shoot. I didn't limit it to how many minutes the movie is going to be. My intention is under 20 minutes, uh-huh. but uh, we'll see. And uh, also, like I said, uh, it has a scope to be a, a longer film if you need it to be, because then you can edge out each character and right. give it a characteristic, and then get into the movie. So let's see. I mean, we can still do it. that it will be fun i mean you shouldn't like you know a lot of people say okay you're done go to the next project and i have tons of them written by the way but sometimes it's just an interesting aspect of what you can do to one thing and how much you can stretch it uh, mm-hmm. positively not in a bad way where it is like you know you lose interest or hope so let's see we'll see well i'll be interested in seeing what you come up with um your the first one that you did all by yourself i mean i mm-hmm. you showed it to me and it was years ago when i watched it my memory of it is because it's called the lone syndrome and because it's only you in this house and i thought the story was about a man just going insane like in a room like in a house by himself pretty much losing his mind a uh, little by little that or at least that's yes. what i took away from it yeah that's so that's what it is i mean basically uh, the story is so it's just a small just a gist of the movie it's a writer who uh, he, you know he's a writer so he has to write books but he's not really falling up on it so his publisher says if you don't finish this book in about a month or two mm-hmm. then we're done we're going to get you out of our list and uh, we can't work together anymore so he decides that he's going to go out of the city and live in this isolated place for about two months and try and finish his book so once he gets there uh he goes insane like you said you know every day builds up and he feels like there is someone or something in the house and it overtakes him that's why when you see the movie he starts off with being dead now once he's dead you want to figure out what the hell happened to him so the detective who's working on the case uh, picks up the cell phone and then he sees that he's made these few calls so he calls in uh one of the calls that he has made and that's a woman so the movie starts off with these two uh, interrogate with the detective interrogating the girl and through their Uh, interrogation and you go into the flashes of what transpired mm-hmm. so again to end it uh, i mean it's not like suspenseful or whatever so uh, so i, I can tell yeah, you the story yeah you don't story. have to spoil it so, if you don't want to 
No, no, it's it's not a spoiler. There's nothing. I mean, because you see the movie, he starts off dead, so you're like, okay, he's only dead. <laughs> so there is nothing like that, and there's no suspense technically, you know. Uh, so given that, um, it's it, it's good because if you believe in ghost or the supernatural, you might think that's what it is. If you believe, uh, if you don't believe in it, then you might think it's suicidal. So it's like a give and take, and mm-hmm. like suicide is a very uh, close um, uh, uh, subject for me, you know. Mm-hmm. considering my brother did commit suicide um so so it is it is close to it and then also uh you know people uh who are lonely that's how they feel so if you so there is a lot of innuendos in this story if you really go deep into it mm-hmm. so it might not look like uh something substantial but it it just might be actually mm-hmm. because you know i i don't know if i keep telling you this all the time i want to make movies that's commercial that's fun and all that stuff and i'm not getting into um like s- subject wise and sorrow and all that kind of stuff but then in a way it, it has its own subject to you know to uh, to indulge into so we'll see and i'm trying to make it as commercial but with a point in there but right. not really it's subtly there i'd forgotten that you said that uh, your brother committed suicide uh, i think he probably probably had told me about that a long time ago mm-hmm. was he your older brother yeah just a couple of years But, um, and I think he died in his early 20s or something so, so that was way back. How old were you when it happened? Uh I would say I was 18, 17, 18 if he was like 4 years. You know there's there's a whole history behind my birth too because uh my my certificate is not accurate as my uh papers are. I don't know if I told you this. So if you technically see my birthday is actually on June 15 but all my paperwork will say April 27 which is also my brother's birthday actually. No. So there was a little remember. bit of a, Oh yeah, yeah, there so was a uh, yeah, there was a little mix-up uh, because uh, so here's the story, right? My my mom was a Catholic, and we are born and raised Catholic, but my father was a Hindu. Mm-hmm. So so what happened was, I think uh, it was only later that uh, we actually got baptized in a church, and then the church messed it up. Uh, they wrote the who knows the baptism date. I don't know. They they there was it was a whole story. It only came to light. uh later in my life when i was in the boarding school and i was playing soccer uh and then they were like hey wait a minute he, uh, technically he is like 4 years older than the team that he's playing for which is not possible because i was in a smaller class you know like in in, in school so it was yeah. like a big stuff then they realized oh they got to correct this so then eventually they did something and then they stuck to something which then i had to live with so that's what i'm living with okay so you li- have no problem it's no big deal you're living with what's it on paper what's your birthday uh paper april 27 and and in reality it's what june 15 and june on paper 15. is it the same year or is it off by 4 years no uh, no it's like uh definitely a different so the, on paper is my brother's uh, birthday, birthday actually because that's actually so april 27 is my brother's birthday uh-huh. that's his actual birthday okay wow so yeah it's it's a it's a it's a crazy thing was he at the boarding school with you No, he wasn't. So oh. that's what the thing is. So when my when my mom uh when my father expired, my mom um you know, she had to lead her own life, which is great, which everyone should. Uh so I think she took us to the boarding school. Uh but my brother didn't make it because you know, they have this aptitude test and uh uh you know, everything. My brother was a little bit of a uh you know, crazy not crazy kid, but you know, he liked playing and jumping and and he was not uh very interested in studies and all that stuff so because they do this kind of test before they actually get you in mm-hmm. so i think i i made it and he did not make it wow so where did he he stayed with your mother 
No, my mother left, right? So she actually uh, uh, then uh, handed him over to a friend of hers, who we wow. used to call aunt. It was not a real aunt, but uh, right. but just a friend. And uh, so so that's where I think maybe um, he, I mean, she had her own kids and everybody else is fine. So my brother's straight in his own way. Wow. I mean, he used to, he used to do uh, things. Like I said, he was, he was, um, I, I don't want to use the word crazy, but he was just fun, you know. He he just did have a, he was a rebel. He was a rebel. That's a better word. More of a rebel than you. Yeah. Oh Obviously. yeah, I mean, I, so I'm a I'm a rebel, but in, in in a positive way. I know where the law comes in. I know where religion comes in. I know where moral comes in. I think he didn't stop at any of these. <laughs> he was beyond those. So that got him into trouble. End of the day. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it's been a while. We all yeah, moved out of it. Exactly. So. Well, hey, uh, speaking of wanting to make commercial productions and everything uh, and always trying, you know, out there hustling, tell me mm -hmm. about when you were after Z and after film school, when you went to India and you were trying to make some Bollywood films and some of the fights you had and um, some of the... Uh, relationships oh, yeah. you had give me give me a yeah. remind so, me of those so, yeah so after i left uh, and went back to india after a film school in la then i was like okay let me go to india because um, you know that's you know that's like a big ground and i and i and i know so many people mm -hmm. uh, or at least i got connections uh, so once i went there uh, i was pretty good i worked with uh, directors i worked with uh, local people uh, in whatever capacity and at the same time I, I did a lot of uh, freelance stuff so I did a lot of fashion uh, shows and all that stuff I covered those mm -hmm. uh, with my camera and all that stuff that was just your daily money and then uh, at the same time I was also writing because so as a filmmaker this is also for filmmakers who who, who try to make it you know mm -hmm. so as a filmmaker you go to film school and you train into whatever aspect you want and I trained as a director so once I was a director I was like oh, okay I'm a director give me movies I guess nobody gave me a movie right. because everybody else is a director so then I hung around for a bit uh, trying to get movies, but then everybody has the same question. Oh, what did you shoot? And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? If you give me the money, I'll shoot it, then I'll tell you what I shot. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so then uh, I was naive enough to know, uh, not know, and then uh, I, I was like, wait a minute. Oh. So then I started uh, writing stuff. So then I would approach uh, producers saying, okay, I'm a director trained as one, and I also have a script. Then a lot of my scripts were like, uh, because I wrote a little different uh, or maybe not. I mean, everybody writes different nowadays. So I, I went to them, and then uh, they would be like, oh, "Okay, great, but what did you have? You made any movies?" And we were saying at the same question. So I was mm -hmm. like, "Okay." And then uh, I think I'm, I'm a superhero crazy kid, you know. And then in India, there weren't really a superhero superhero movie as right. yet. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write a superhero movie. So I wrote one, um, and then. Um, I mean, I had connections, so through my connections, I decided that, that there was this actor that I really thought was, and he is, he's a very good actor, and he's very hardworking, and at the time, he was coming up. This is, you're talking 2003, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I finished my script in 2002. In three or four around that time, I tried to uh, uh, approach, uh, so in India, how it works also is if you get a good actor, mm -hmm. then... Once you sign them on, then you can get money. That's not a problem. Right. There are people with bags of money. Right. All you need, unless you're a big director, which directors don't get that kind of uh, uh, support in India anyway. It's more like the actor. So once you get a good actor on your uh, on on your list, then you can get those producers. No 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 problems. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that is why I approached this actor who was doing very good. He was very good, and uh, 
and hardworking. Can you say so his I name? So I went uh, uh, Ritik Roshan. Okay, that's what I <laughs> good thought. Good guy, very good idea. Yeah, Ritik Roshan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, through my connection, I uh, met uh, his uh, manager, yeah, and I spoke with him. I had the bound script and all that stuff. So he looked at me and he said, "Oh, uh, you know, he doesn't work with new directors anymore because I think Ritik had made a great movie and then a few of his movies flopped. So he he just wanted to make sure that he works with good directors. Mm-hmm. Although some of the movies that flopped were big directors, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so uh, so he said, you know what, I'll, I and his dad, who used to be an actor, was also a director, and some of the big movies that Ritik made was his father's movies. Mm-hmm. So, and he had just come out uh, from a success of a uh, 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 sci-fi movie, which was pretty successful in India. And it was just after that that I uh, kind of got in touch. Uh, so the so his manager said, "Let's let's talk to his dad because he handles most of his business." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Fair enough." So I sat with his dad. Uh, gave him the script, uh, um, and then I sat and I gave him the gist of it. And of course, point blank, he told me this is uh, too Hollywood, uh, too much, too expensive a movie to make, and uh, I don't think it's possible. So I said, uh, why not? And then he said, why don't you change it and put some songs and dances, and then also give him uh, a little bit of a backdrop how he came into being a superhero and all. I said my movies went straight to being a superhero because there's a there's a there was a plan that I had by the way mm-hmm. why I did that. So I looked at him and I said no I'm not going to get into uh, that kind of an aspect. I'm I'm trying to make a different movie. Saying it's too Hollywood. It's not, it won't work in India. So I said it's okay. I mean if you don't want to, but uh, I will uh, try and find someone else to make it. And I left. Mm-hmm. And then I worked on this movie, uh, which was being shot in uh, U.S. and Florida. So I was on that uh, team as an assistant director. Mm-hmm. And whilst we were shooting here, these guys actually went and shot the movie. So basically, I gave him a bound script and I gave him uh, like a whole plan of how it needs to be done, like wire technology, fight sequences, mm-hmm. right, sketches and all that stuff, all designed. You left that with and, him? Uh, well, it's okay. It's not a big deal. I mean, you can't do much. Right. Uh, no, well, I, I, I just want to get a clear idea of how this knowledge transfer happened because I can, you know, because in a, in your meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I in, in, no, even before I met uh, the, the dad director, right, mm-hmm. uh, I had left the script with the, with the, uh, with the manager. Yeah, okay. So he sent so that they script had it in there. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, you, you, there is no way. I mean, yeah. you can't, you know, it's, it's not going to work that way. Right. Because, so here's two things. I could go to the guy and say, hey, listen, sign all this NDA and uh, I'm going to record this so that you don't steal. Then they're going to kick you out of the office anyway. Right, yeah, I know. Because, it, yeah. And and like I said, I mean, uh, it, it was very open, and I, and I, I, I didn't think. I mean, did I think they would do that? Probably. I mean, like you know, well, these things happen all the time. How in India, but similar just the movie that they ended up making? How similar was it to your script? So, so that's the other thing. So, once before even the movie released, uh, actually, the friend of mine who is very connected in uh, the Indian movie industry, who connected me with, through all this, uh-huh. he actually he felt very upset about the fact that this thing happened. I didn't even know really because I was in the U.S. So he called uh, the media and uh, and and told them like, in at least one media, he told because he knew them. So he said this is what happened. So that media guy called me, and I was a little surprised because I was uh, actually. In, in my sleep, when my when this phone came in, you know, the sleep phone came at yeah. nine in the morning. I sleep till twelve. <laughs> so, so uh, and then uh, he asked me this question, and I answered. And then I think it was in the papers next day, to my surprise and to everyone's surprise. Not that uh, any bad thing or whatever, but it's just that it was out there. So you you asked me a question before this. What did you say? I said, how close was the movie that they oh, made yeah, to the script? Oh yeah, close to the script. Okay, okay, yeah. So the sort of thing is, uh, this is what they did. So I gave him the script. Uh, they changed. They changed eighty percent of it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So English that was the other yeah, other I thing mean, because my lawyer, when I got the lawyer, he said, "Listen, uh, if the script resembles yours, then we can still uh, sue him." Uh, although he also asked me, "What do I want to do?" I said, "I don't want any money. I'm going to stop the movie. If I oh, can, yeah. I will stop the movie. Don't release." And that was me. Uh, yeah. Then that's what I am. I wouldn't release the movie ever. So, but then the lawyer also was not happy about it. He said, "No, you, what's the point?" Then uh, because you know he, he then needs you don't the money. Make any and, money, and the lawyer doesn't yeah, yeah, make exactly. any money. <laughs> So uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, I was ready to pay him his fees, but I think he wanted a cut of the because that's a bigger pie, you know. Right. I could pay him maybe fifty or sixty thousand rupees or whatever, but uh-huh. if we won the case, he would have got like uh, maybe two or three crores, which is a lot more money than right. fifty, sixty thousand, you know. So anyway, bottom line is yes, they they did change, but but like I said, so not that grapes are sour. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, I'm happy that they did that. Uh, because it was really not a great i mean the movie really did well this I mean, is the movie they, they filmed partly in singapore right yes and yes, the name yes, of it is movie, uh krish krish that's right i saw it on yeah, the plane yeah. one time on singapore airlines yeah. but uh, yeah. i i was aware of it but um yeah so i think what you're saying is that they poo pooed the idea saying no india is not ready for a superhero movie it's too yeah, hollywood yes. uh scooted you out the door and then after you left, they're like, oh, you know, well, maybe, maybe superheroes not a bad idea after all. Yeah. And yeah, uh, then, then, then they took your script, and then they really just kind of like took the, 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 yeah. the bouncing off point that hey, it's, yeah, yeah. it's about time for an Indian superhero movie, and then yeah. they, they changed it enough where yeah. it's not really your script, but probably if you had not walked in their door, Krish would not have been made. Yeah, they would. They would probably not, uh, or maybe they would have taken a while before they got into a superhero. Uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, they made a mess of the movie by itself. I mean, like I said, not a grapes of sour. Yeah, anything. I mean, I, mean, I couldn't finish watching it. I I tried to watch it, and uh, yeah, you know, and, but the, and the also, main thing uh, I did was I was looking at the background, like, oh, that's Suntech City, you know, like <laughs> I know that location. Yeah, and also to be fair, I mean, like uh, a lot of the stuff that they might have retained uh, in its own self is like you know there's so many superheroes already made i mean no matter what you do or what you try it's still going to link to each other right now right so but there were some some scenes like you know uh, like how i wanted uh, this bad guy to try sorry uh, to own the country and all that stuff so all those things uh, he put it in there but then it's in all of the movies in spider-man superman it's all the mm-hmm. same thing you know but it's just that but this is novelty of uh, one thing one was Making an actual super superhero movie with like a superhero character, mm-hmm. and then having Rithik, and he's a good guy. I mean, I like Rithik. I mean, he, he he as an actor is great. Even in the movie, is fine. It's just that the concept and the story, and then the craziness that they put in it doesn't make sense. And um, so anyway, then they made a few parts after that, and they're still uh, haywire. Uh, and now they're copying it a lot from the uh, other movies that there is. So it's like. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, well, now I still I still want to make one though. I mean, a know. superhero movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, you should. Yes, I mean, and it'll definitely be still great because uh, what I did was after that I reworked the movie a little bit and I added some more characters mm-hmm. and like my bad guys are like absolutely out of this world. Uh, and the and the fright is this though: if you don't make it now, somebody else is going to make it. And thinking is so vast that somebody mm-hmm. else can think something so like some of my characters in the movie it's unbelievable like up till now i haven't seen it yet 
so if nobody does it and if i get to make a movie then you'll see all these characters and they're big and they're big and then it'll be good and also uh, the reason i did not uh, uh, when i when i wrote that script the reason i did not have you know how uh, superheroes you you're born and you have powers and you grow mm-hmm. up like superman i didn't want to do that because my idea was to make this first movie and i knew even if let's say i made the movie with rithik and with the father and all that stuff i knew that they would uh, still give me with uh, the money aspect you know if they made uh, $10 they would give me like 25 cents i mm-hmm. knew that when it was just fine i don't have a problem with that because the money was not my criteria at the time my mm-hmm. mo- my idea was to make a movie right. and be different and be and be uh, outspoken in terms of superheroes or whatever so that was my intention mm-hmm. so the reason i didn't do that is because then i was going to make a prequel and that would be my my baby like i would own it that would be the origin story because, and all the yeah all the, yeah every, because all the good stuff yes, yeah but more than more than anything i would own it because then what happens is once you made a, a one movie then people are like okay let's go to ivan so then i would make those deals you know, mm. and i could sign however i want to you know where right. we could do a 50 50 or whatever so i could have a deal rather than just getting 25 cents you know and, 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 and then again, uh, again not to be again not to be greedy with that money that i got i would make another movie so that's the whole idea you know of make course movies. I know where yeah. you're coming from. You're a true artist, like myself, an unpaid, yes. struggling artist. <laughs> But I was going to say, you know, Ritik Roshan, his uh, his wax figures at the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum here in Singapore. So I actually, I was taking a picture of him not too long ago. Oh, cool. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. I like. I, I I still like him. I mean, he did he he did threaten me at the point. It was all over the newspapers. He threatened you. Uh, with, Yeah 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 so if you if one of the newspapers that came out after that Ruthik uh, they they had a picture of him without his shirt of course he's well built and all yeah. and underneath is like he wrote a line he says if i meet ivan i will slap him really <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man he's saying he's saying uh, ivan is just a thief who's trying to get uh, unnecessary attention and then he made up the story <laughs> so you know what is also very uh, funny is like uh, uh, his father rakesh mm-hmm. he actually made a statement that i don't know who ivan is i've never met him which oh. is so weird because because you know unfortunately so one of the things that happens and that time there were cell phones around i have tons of text messages from his dad mm-hmm. like he texted me you know okay let's meet tomorrow yeah. uh, and there a couple of messages you know before i actually met him and then after i met him also <laughs> so so i had those and i actually went to like uh, vodafone is like the carrier uh, of oh, uh, yeah, vodafone in yeah. india yeah so i went to them to get the transcript uh, <laughs> but then those people uh, first they agreed to give it to me and then they then they decided that they won't give it to me and they said we don't have it such a so the behind the scenes is such a bollywood story in and of itself yeah. it's great you know, you know and you know what so what, what what was very funny is actually rakesh could have said you know i know my ivan or whatever it is bad for him because if i had that then it would just backfire on him so that was enough for me to like prove that this is what he did mm mm-hmm. uh which is kind of really weird that he actually said that he could have actually said okay i met ivan i i listened to him but i didn't think it was great and all and i made my own movie if he said that he would have got away with it right. to begin with mm-hmm. uh, because i had those messages on my phone and uh, unfortunately what a phone he raised it but that's uh, but you know what they have connections so they could do that <laughs> oh man so dramatic but yeah. uh ah but then that is one one of the reasons that i actually came back to the us also then it, uh, i was a little bit dejected uh, the industry told me point blank they said i even uh, there is no need to get into an argument and a fight because if you do that we will never let you enter the uh, system you know because it's still a close guarded system mm-hmm. uh, maybe not anymore in its own way but yeah they, you could still uh, face backlash and all this stuff you know so 
so that kind of dejected me in a way and then uh, also lone syndrome actually lone syndrome is kind of a creation of that because then somebody uh, told me stop writing such big movies because it's a lot of money and unless you do something people will not give you something so try and make something small and that's what that is when lone syndrome came about where i was like wait let me write something which i can do in one small <laughs> right. little area right and i i and i can try and tell my story uh, the way i want to well, good Which luck. I, I certainly hope you get to helm a big budget film someday. Or even small budget. I don't have a problem. So my next project is that I'm trying to do a, a thriller movie again. Yeah. It's about uh, five friends, four, four guys, one girl who go on a road trip. And then uh, there's murders happening on the trail. Mm -hmm. And then uh, how it gets solved. Uh, so that's my next. And I like road movies, uh, like constantly moving. Right. So that's my next project that I'm going to work on. Once this, well, this one is out of the can, or even whilst it's being edited, I'm going to try and at least do a trailer of the next one. This is like not related to anything, but it just popped into my head, and I have to mention it because I don't know if you did you see this in the newspaper? I saw it about a, six months ago or something. Remember, remember Delarmendi, right? Mm hmm. Did you see he got arrested for like uh, human trafficking or like uh, immigration fraud? Did you see that? That was, that, that was a while ago, no? Was it? I can't I saw it. I didn't become aware of it till maybe about six months or nine months ago. No, no. But, he had, he, he's had this issue for a while, okay, but, but I was, don't know if they reopened it. I saw it. the charges like, go back to the time when we were in Z and like, he was coming through America. Apparently, like he would have all these dancers on his tour, and then like the dancers would never go back. He was just smuggling mm -hmm. people in as dancers, and then they would stay in America forever. You know, I went, you went. You know, I went uh, for four or five of his shows. Remember? Yeah. So I went. I went to New York. I uh, know Charlotte. What I went to Louisiana on those shows. Were you filming um, them or just hanging out? No, no. So uh, since ZTV was a sponsor, I was just making sure that uh, they are promoting our network. Oh, they are right. announcing our names. They are yep. selling. They, they are giving the flyers. Doing the sponsorship. So the yeah, yep. we wanted to make sure that the promoters are promoting Z on mm -hmm. all those platforms that right. uh, they promised us. So I was going on tour just to reconfirm those. And so, did you see anything uh, dodgy going on? No, not necessarily. So I think. Uh, uh, so I think. So still, look, look. A lot of these shows happen, and they happen even now as you speak. There's one right now with Salman Khan going on, right? Mm -hmm. So how it works is these promoters, uh, they have to bring these dancers and performers and all this stuff. Now there are two ways. So usually what happens is they bring them in good faith, where they bring 20 people, and then they make sure 20 people return return back, right? Mm -hmm. So what they will do is when, like even when I came with a whole team of people when we shot the movie in uh, Florida and New York, we came with about 40 people. Mm -hmm. So everybody makes sure that they have to go back. Now who comes into issues is the filmmaker uh, if they don't do that. So every time you bring 20 people, you make sure 20 people leave back. So the next time you apply for a visa, you get a clear cut entry. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then they will blacklist you. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. So so I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, the Lermendi must have uh, said, I will uh, turn my back on that one, you know. Mm -hmm. So he Close must have charged money. So, 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 yeah, so a lot of people sometimes do that any which way, whether or not, you know, if somebody's involved. But I think the Lermendi, he might have actually taken money from them. Oh, yeah. So that becomes illegal. So what, what, what the Lermendi could have, if he had not taken money from them, then what happens is he can say, hey, I brought them in good faith and they ran away. I, I can't chase them. Right. The only thing that uh, he can do is the local promoters who are responsible now, it, it, they get blacklisted. So they have to go find these people.
and then hand them over mm-hmm. because the uh, every time the country can't keep chasing millions of people like that you know right so i think he he actually did take money uh, from them so i think that's why he's in trouble because those people must have said oh yeah we paid him money that's crazy so yeah i think story. i think i think i think i think uh, i've read this many a times and i think he might have actually done it so yeah that's such a another amazing wrinkle to the fact because <laughs> like the tours are interesting enough and that yeah. uh, um, I'm sure that they were bringing in some pretty good dollars from the ticket sales and everything and um, but to think mm-hmm. that he's also got this side business of getting people to the US just kind of cracks me no, up. but but, the, but here's, a, here's a trick right so what happens is the lamb and the and the steam that comes from India is totally unknown so somebody has to do it locally right like a local promoter that's what it's called mm. so the local promoter decides he's going to get Belair Mendy to sing mm. and then he pays him X amount of money and that's it see the local promoter might be clean for all you know mm-hmm. he may not even do that stuff because he, because his visa and everything is in jeopardy in this country by itself so what happens is he's clean so he calls let's say Ivan Ivan is from India he's a, a big, big singer so he says, Ivan, uh, I want you to come to my uh, country and perform in 10 cities. So he says, yes. So he's, then I say, okay, but I need my uh, 10 musicians and I need my 10 dancers. Only then can I perform like the way I do and mm-hmm. it will help you. So he's like, oh, yeah, definitely. So then the local promoter has to then give a paperwork, which gets all these 21 people. That is 10 uh, mm-hmm. uh, musicians, uh, 10 dancers and me, Ivan, 21 people, right? Mm-hmm. So now... He tells him, boss, when you're done, please make sure all your people goes back. And he says, yes, yes, yes. Now, what he does in India, he collects his 10 dancers and he says, listen, if you give me uh, $50,000, uh, when, when, when you go there, you can go wherever you want. I'm not going to uh, chase you. So that is the bad thing that Dalai did. The local guy might not have been involved. Mm-hmm. So what he does is the Lemindi has now taken uh, his fees for performing in the U.S. and plus he's taken fee, uh, money from these uh, 10 people that he's going to now uh, embed in this country. Mm-hmm. So he's done that cheesy thing. <laughs> so yes, the, the local promoter is, is probably in trouble also because the next time he goes, he can't give a letter to the INS saying, I want these people. Mm-hmm. Because they will tell him, boss, first, uh, bring me those 10 people that disappeared. <laughs> And and the Lamindi, so then obviously he might have also filed like this guy has done it. So I'm sure the Lamindi next time he enters the country, they will strip him upside down and probably kick him and send him back. <laughs> yeah. Has he been All there? The like, has, he, see- has he performed lately? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, so he might have, he might have already been banned, or at least he'll be afraid because I don't think he should be taking a chance doing that. Or maybe or maybe these uh, the uh, the government can say, hey, listen, I have nothing to do with that singer. It's not my problem. Mm-hmm. What he does because I have no jurisdiction in his country, and I I can't prove that uh, he bought them because Delhi can say I never got these people. Mm-hmm. I mean I I never told them to run. I didn't take money from them. Mm-hmm. So unless the Indian government then says yes, he's like like you said. Now if he's in the papers and he's convicted by the Indian government for that fraud, then they will have to send that record to the American government. Right. Then the American government will then enter into the system saying this guy does this, so please uh, let him not enter the country. So you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So all this has to happen. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, or maybe the local promoter is involved and he says, "The Lemindi, okay, you get ten people, you take fifty thousand, but give me twenty-five thousand purpose." And then it's all. Uh, who knows? You know. So. I know. So yes, but it is it has been there, and uh, since we have been we've been hearing this for so long, it might be true. But and, and you know, uh, and unless someone is convicted in the court of law, they are not guilty. So who knows? 
That's right. So you don't Innocent until proven guilty. Uh, yes. I concur. <laughs> but 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 I know a lot of people uh, uh, have done that also in the past. Not just Dalai Mendi, even even like general people, like nice people who have uh, uh, said they will go back. Uh, actually, uh, a friend of mine did that. Oh yeah. He came uh, flying as a courier, and then he never left back. Uh-huh. And then uh, it, it's a big company. It's actually a courier company that does business across the world. Mm-hmm. And he got blacklisted. So that owner of the company in India then called my friend and said, "Hey, come on." Please come back because because of you I'm having problems. So then this guy actually went back to India. Oh uh, yeah. Oh interesting. So unless they leave back, they don't get that clarity. Right. So so my friend actually uh, he he went back to India. Then that guy got his clearance back, mm-hmm. and then uh, my friend then came later on and he got reinstated. <laughs> Surprising, they didn't blacklist him. But, yeah. Uh, Lucky. Yeah, that was many years ago, like twenty years ago. So. Well, I know a lot about deportation myself, but uh, we'll save, you're a victim of deportation. Save that for another episode. You're a self, you're a self deportee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks, Ivan. I'll say goodbye again. And let's talk uh, without the radio next time. Yeah, we will. Call back. Absolutely. All right. But thanks for All doing right. this. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Talk to Take you soon. Easy. Bye. Bye. Someone Else's Memories by Revolution Void and Calm the Fuck Down by Broke for Free are used under a Creative Commons attribution license.